This is Stu Epperson from the Truth Talk podcast, connecting current events, pop culture, and theology. And we're so grateful for you that you've chosen the Truth Podcast Network. It's about to start in just a few seconds. Enjoy it, and please share it around with all your friends. Thanks for listening, and thanks for choosing the Truth Podcast Network. This is the Truth Network. Kingdom Pursuits, where you hear from ordinary people instilled with an extraordinary passion. Together we explore the stories of men and women who take what they love and let God turn their passion into Kingdom Pursuits. Now, live from the Truth Booth, your host, Robbie Dillmore. Wow, it is gonna, you're going to be glad you tuned in today. I, I think that God is all about Kingdom Pursuits. And here's, here was his original, the whole, you know, years and years ago, when the first idea came about creating the show Kingdom Pursuits is how does God take your passion and use it to build the kingdom? Here's, here was the original thought that God put on both Stu and Mai's heart in order to develop what this show became, which now is, I think it's in its 17th or 18th year. It's there. It's been going a long time. Was that God puts seeds in your heart. He does. Of, of a passion or something that he's gifted you to be able to do that he wants to go on that adventure with you and then he calls you to go do that. And when he calls you, you have a choice. You can obey and go and oh my goodness, get ready, hang on to your <laughs> bootstraps because it's going to be a wild adventure. You had no idea where he would take you, okay? But you said yes and here you go. And oh, the smiles that come as a result of being on an adventure with Jesus. Other people are still waiting for the faith or, or to be sure that's what God really said. And so the idea of Kingdom Pursuits was when I hear ordinary people, just regular folks that went, were obedient to God and, and went on that adventure, it, it encourages their faith. And so we're hoping right? That we always do that. And so today is like the poster child from my standpoint of this. I have a good friend. His name is Danny Marsh, who's on The Masculine Journey. If you listen to that show regularly, he is known for his um, Andy Griffith approach to life <laughs> in general. But anyway, he told me, Robbie, you have got to get this girl on. Your, you've got to. She is filled with enthusiasm. She just went on this unbelievable mission trip to India. And so we're not going to use her name and we're not going to talk about where in India, but we are going to call her Sarah. That's not her actual name, but that's the name I know her by. And so Sarah... How in the world did you go, young girl going to Carolina, um, how in the world did you end up going to India? Oh my goodness, it is uh, it was kind of crazy. It kind of started, I think, many years ago. Um, I received a call toward two missions when I was 19. I had an encounter with the Holy Spirit. And the Lord told me um, after this to go do a DTS with YWAM. A DTS. DTS. What is DTS? It's a discipleship training school. So it's like a six-month, exactly what it is. It just sounds like discipleship training school. Um, people there have heard many very uh, mixed reviews about it. I was very hesitant to go. I did not want to go. I was like, Lord, I'm producing fruit here. I'm <laughs> baptizing people. I'm leading community groups. I'm sharing the gospel. I'm doing awesome here. I don't want to go. And for 13 months, God told me every single day, Sarah, go do a DTS. Sarah, go do a DTS. Sarah, go do a DTS. 
And I said no for 12 and a half months. And finally, two weeks before he started, I was like, okay, fine, I'll go. Bought a plane ticket and left. And oh, so to go to DTS, you had to get a plane ticket. I did. It was My training was in Norway in Jerusalem. Oh, wow. And my outreach was in Tanzania, so it was incredible. Um, <laughs> so that was kind of my first experience. Uh, Norway, that was when I was 19. Ju- uh, Tanzania, okay. Mm-hmm. And I did not want to go. Like the Lord just continued to pursue me. And I learned like, man, he is a God of not just first and second chances, but 12th and hundredth chances, like every single day for 12, 13 months, he told me to go. And I said, no. Um, Anyway, so that was kind of the start of my journey. I came home knowing like, man, I want to be a missionary. I want to go to the nations. I want to go reach unreached people groups. Um, And Kind of a long story. I got connect, reconnected with one of my childhood friends and um, she had a burning desire and heart to go to India. She, The Lord would wake her up at like 2 or 3 a.m. just sobbing her eyes out, praying um, for the Lord to have mercy on India and to, that she could go and, and witness. And you know people. about what time frame this was? Um, she's been experiencing this her, I think, for a good portion of her life. She's incredible. Um And I never had a desire to go to India. I really didn't. But I prayed years before I even wanted to do missions. I said, Lord, I see this girl and she's awesome. I'd love to one day do something mission-wise with her, even though I don't want to be a missionary. And he answered that like a decade later, which was so cool. Um, So she had a burning heart to go to India. And I was like, I want to go with you. And so it just just worked out that way. Wow. And... You know, I have another good friend who's probably, you may know him as Cameron Horner. Um, He's in a wheelchair and he is this amazing missionary in all so many ways. Just got a beautiful testimony. Used to have a show here on the Truth Network. Um, He had been going to India prior to COVID. And he told me like, Robbie, you just the death over there is unbelievable. It's, it's like we experienced some things with COVID over here that were really hard to take. They were losing whole villages. In other words, the churches that he had gone to, there was nobody left. Yeah. Nobody. Like, you know, they lost, I forget, 50 some odd pastors and the one idea, you know, in other words, it was unbelievable. So at the point in time, your friend is praying for India. Obviously, God is seeing this unbelievable hurting nation in, in so many different ways. So when you got there, right, that, that you're post-COVID. I'm assuming you just yeah. went, when did you go? I left February or January 30th, and I got back uh, three and a half weeks ago, something like that. So I was gone for about three and a half months. Wow. Yeah. So, yeah. So we're definitely post-COVID, and we're going to get to that. <laughs> But it is Kingdom Pursuits, and so we have to get some shenanigans in here because that's what we do here on Kingdom Pursuits. So speaking of India. Now the fun begins. Now it's time to play shenanigans. All right, here we go. You ready for these tough India questions? I bet you are, Christian. And what do you think? How about you, Sarah? All right. Do you know why India is a very peaceful country? Do you know why India is a very peaceful country? No. I'm not sure. Because nobody has any beef over there. (laughs) (laughs) No beef. (laughs) Everybody's saying, where's the beef? Yeah, well, it's walking around. That's what it's doing. (laughs) 
So anyway, the three most well-known languages in India are English, Hindi, and what? You got any idea, Christian? I don't know. Uh-huh. JavaScript. All right. They know their Java. Our script. Anyway, we got to go to a break. We still have two more jokes and a riddle for you. So, yeah, you don't want it. You want to stay tuned. We got a whole lot more coming with Sarah. And you're, of course, welcome to call in and comment if you got something for Sarah. Oh, you are playing the the bump before. To, oh, we're okay. Here you go. We have another joke because the, the bump music played is just a test to see if Robbie could react quickly. The answer is no. Okay. So what do you call a war between India and the United Kingdom? You're going to like this one, Christian. I bet you do. I don't, I don't know. It's the Empire Strikes Back. Aha. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, of course. And, of course, at the end of that, we do have a riddle. So the Bible riddle that you can call in and win. And so what I asked uh, Sarah when she got here, what um, was her favorite thing about India? And she said, all the color of all the clothes, you know, because the people wear very colorful clothes over there. And they have lots of spices, too, which are also colorful. So with that in mind, you know, there is one character in the Bible that was known for colorful clothes. In fact, you could say he had a coat of many colors. <laughs> if you happen to know who that Bible character is, then you can unfold your clothing idea with us. 866-348. We'll be impressed. Uh-huh. You like that? 866-348-7884. 866-34-TRUTH. Which Bible character in the Bible, that's a little double, double I there, you know, uh, was known for a coat with many colors. <laughs> we'll be right back. Call in. Listening to the Truth Network and TruthNetwork.com. Welcome back to Kingdom Pursuits, where we hear how God takes your passion and uses it to build the kingdom. And apparently, based on the fact that no one has called in, Christian, we have done a poor job of explaining what they could win. If they were to call in and answer which Bible character in the Bible was <laughs> known for his coat of many colors. So if they call in and win that Christian, tell them what they'll win. They're going to win one of the fabulous prizes from the Kingdom Pursuit Prize Vault. And the Kingdom Pursuit Prize Vault is freshly stocked, I might add. That We are just back from the NRB and we have an amazing um, selection of books and other tapes and movies and all sorts of stuff that we plundered from the National Religious Broadcasters Convention. So you just, you know the answer to that one, 866-348-7884, 866-34-TRUTH. Come on now, I feel lonely when you don't call, like I'm, all, all, I'm here all by myself. But meanwhile, today, very, very exciting, we have Sarah who is fresh back from an amazing mission trip um, and we're very anxious to hear more about that. So 
uh, your friend, the one that you always wanted to go with, and you, you how, how did you go about finding where to go and how to go to India? It's a great question. There's a missions pastor actually at a church that we have both done some significant or done some work in, and he lived in India for seven years. And his supervisor is actually still been still there, and he's been there for the past 21 years. So we had one phone call with this guy. He was like, "Come on out. We'll send. Just get some backpacks and just come on." And so I um, one phone call, and I bought a one way ticket to India. I had no idea what to expect, no idea what to do, and that, that's how a one way ticket. One way ticket to India. Because you didn't know how long you were going to stay. I did not. Nope. I was like, "The Lord wills. We will do this or that. Whatever." However long he wants me to be here, I will be here. So, And your friend, was that a one-way ticket for her too? It was not. She had to come home to do some more school. She had another class to finish. But So she was there for about a month and a half, and then I was there for the second month and a half by myself. And so when you got to this place, like, I just think that's really cool. That I mean, who buys a one-way ticket to India? <laughs> and I mean, did it take a special visa or something to do that? Or they just let you go? Yeah, I got a tourist visa. It lasts for a year. So multiple entries, I can come in and out for a year. So it was really, really actually a simple process. It's easy to get. Really? And yeah. so you get over there and what did you, what did you find? Oh, well, jet lag, cars are crazy, honk, like, the horns are honking all the time. Learning how to cross the road was a real was a real struggle, um, but it was crazy. I mean, I have obviously been out of the country before, um, but just to be around so many new sights and sounds and smells and languages, and you don't know, you can't read anything, you don't know what's going on. Nobody speaks English, <laughs> and it's chaos. India is chaos. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's interesting you say that because chaos has a lot to do with lawlessness right mm. and then when there's no god right what do you get you, you get a lot of that and that and you end up with a lot of scared and lonely people yeah it was really dark it was so sad people there are just searching for peace that's what they desire and they cannot find it and they're doing everything they can to try to find peace with god and they just they can't find it and so you met there with this pastor i, I suppose and so what what happened then yeah, so he had gave us about four to five days of training. Um, I had no idea what I was going to be doing. I had no idea this training. And he's like, you're going to be doing church planting. And I'm like, okay, I've never planted a church. I'm 21 years old. <laughs> um, okay, let's do it. And so he gave us about four to five days of just kind of basic training. Um, and he sent us off. And Well, so can you give us, I know you, you had four or five days to learn what, but yeah. can you give us like the 20,000, foot view of how do you plant a church in India? Oh my goodness. Well, basically the, um, the way Jesus presents it in the Bible, there are kind of four fields. There's entry, there's um, planting. So entry into a new field, um, a new, new soil, new place where the gospel has never been. Then there's um, planting seeds and baptizing people. The third field is um, discipleship. And then the fourth is starting and releasing healthy churches. And so we actually got to be a part and do a little bit of all four of those while we were there, which was insane. Um, <laughs> yeah. And so after four days of training, then what? Yeah. So he sent us off and we uh, were doing a lot of research. So we went into places, there's um, 54 unreached, unengaged people group villages specifically that we went to. Um, we didn't go to all of them, but to this, sec this whole section, they've never had access to the gospel. Uh, unreached means there's less than 2% evangelical Christian, which the number is way lower than that. It's like 0. 0.0002 or something. Um, and we were there as tourists 
trying to gather information and plant seeds and say, how receptive is this place to the gospel? Is there a people of peace here? And when we find a person of peace, we would share the gospel with them. Um, if they were receptive, we would uh, get their information and then come back later and hopefully be able to train them to eventually one day plant a church. And so you're there with your friend. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and um, so you guys like, okay, today's our first day. And of course you can't talk about necessarily where exactly you went, but where you went, can you describe that? Was there a lot of people in that place? Uh, yeah. I mean, we were also kind of in the middle of nowhere. We had to take boats to get to where we were going. Um, we also, the whole time I was with my translator who was actually, she was also a missionary partner with me. Um, we'll call her Dee Dee. Um, so she was with me the whole time and she translated everything because I do not speak Hindi. Um, and so when you walk into this place that you arrived by boat or whatever mm-hmm. and all these people they probably haven't seen a lot of white girls they have not and it's very you attract a crowd very easily so but that was cool because we got to share the gospel we just you go out there and you start sharing and crowds gather and you get sometimes we got to just preach the gospel to crowds of like 20 40 50 people we've got kicked out of villages i've got kicked out of people's houses sometimes they're not so happy of you there but um <laughs> that's another process another so you well, I'm still just, so you go to this first place and you're there with your friend and, and you find somebody to talk to, I guess. And you begin to talk. And the next thing you know, people are coming up because like, what is this white girl and these other, yeah. and, and so can you take us to one of those first people? You don't have to give us their name, but how, how did they react and what did they say? And what did you feel like was going on between them and you and the translator? Cause yeah. that's awkward too, right? Yeah. Well, our, most of our goal was to try to find, is there anybody here who's even heard of the name of Jesus? And there actually, we did find that there's a cult um, that has preaches some about the name Jesus. And there are some similar truths to Christianity. Obviously it's not, it is a cult and there are a lot of false beliefs about that. Um, but we would go and we'd be like, hey, we would sit down at a tea stall. That was our favorite way to try to start conversations. We find a tea stall run by a woman and we would sit down and we like, hi, we're here. We're tourists. We're just trying to learn about what the real India is like. We don't want to go to all of these tourist sites, but we want to know the real people. Um, do you know anybody? What do you guys believe here? What do you do? What is your normal day like? Um, and we, they would start talking. They would eventually bring up their own religion. And we're like, wow, this is awesome. So you guys are Hindus. Is there any other religions here? Are there any uh, Muslims here? Has anybody ever like, do you know anyone who's prayed to Jesus? Oh, there is somebody you've heard of prayed to Jesus. Can you take us to them? And then we would go to them and um, eventually we, we would share with them and see kind of where, where they were. Cool, yeah. cool. Well, we have Candace, who's calling in, has an answer for us on our riddle, and so we're going to get her in today. Candace, you're on Kingdom Pursuits. Good morning. Candace, are you with us? All right, I'm going to put Candace back on hold in case she just got off the phone for a second. Hopefully you guys can get her back, and we'll go back to Candace here in a minute once you verify that she's actually there, whatever the situation is. So... You asked that person and they took you to this this other person that actually had prayed to Jesus. Mm-hmm. And, and tell us about that discussion. Uh, well, a lot of people pray to, they add Jesus to their idols. Um, Hinduism, they just have thousands and thousands of idols and they can kind of pick which deities that they want to worship. So a lot of times they'll, oh, I've heard of another Jesus. Okay, I'll add him to my, my group of deities that I'm going to worship every day. Um, but we did actually find a couple legitimate believers among these islands, which are the places, villages that we were in, which was incredible. Um, and yeah, we would get their information, share with them, pray with them. And then 
our company that we are with will send back local people to do more discipleship with them and to train them how to plant a church because foreign missionaries are not the answer. The goal is to, we we cannot reach the world just through missionaries. We need local people reaching their neighbors. And so that is what, that was what we were there to do is to raise up people to reach their neighbors and raise up um, people to plant churches and to, to reach their own people for the Lord. Wow. And and so while you're over there, right. And, and something, when your friend gets ready to leave, I'm sure you thought maybe you were going to leave. What made you stay? I don't know. Honestly, I just felt like I, I have more I need to do. I need to come back. Um, at that point, I, I also spent three weeks in a village, um, in a dirt, living in a dirt hut, two room dirt hut. And it was like 110, 114 degrees. Um, teaching the wife how to plant a church without the husband knowing because he was a Marxist and hated Christianity. And so I lived undercover with this, with this family. They had three teenage daughters and um, with my translator and I, we were trying to teach the wife, like I said, how to plant a church without the husband knowing because he hated, hated Christianity. And so um, I had spent two weeks with them before or one week and had made great progress with them and want, knew I needed to come back and spend more time discipling her and doing and doing church planting. And, and so can you take us in? That's beyond cool. So can you take us into like, okay, you're, you're, you come back. Now, how are you meeting with this lady so she doesn't know her, her husband doesn't know what's going on? He thinks um, that I'm a PhD student studying culture. And that was the story that they gave me. And that's the story that I was supposed to share to the village. And so that's what I told them that I was doing. Well, to an extent, that's right, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> not a PhD student yet, but yeah. But so. at some point, right? Yeah. You, just, it, you know, we're all getting our doctorate and some <laughs> some degree of, of culture, and you certainly were getting one because you yeah. you you became way more an expert in that culture than I am, essentially, really quick. And so we lost Candace, but Candace, we're hoping you'll call back because we want to find out, you know, who in the Bible, who was it that had a coat? that was full of many colors. We want to unfold that whole story. When you get back, 866-348-7884, 866-34-TRUTH. We got a lot more coming up with Sarah on India. I'm dying to hear more about these people. You're listening to The Truth Network and truthnetwork.com. Welcome back to Kingdom Pursuits, where we hear how God takes your passion and uses it to build the kingdom. And if you don't hear the passion in Sarah's voice, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> and oh, every every time we go to a break, she gives me more passion because I did not know it, but she has something in, in common with Brother Andrew, who wrote the famous book on smuggling Bibles into Russia. She, too, was a Bible smuggler. We're going to find out about that. But before we get to that, we got to get to... Ruth and Cindy, who both feel like they know who this was that had a coat that had many colors. But again, I'm going to go to Ruth because she called first. But Cindy, please stay on because I definitely want to talk to you too. So everybody wins on Kingdom Pursuits. Don't worry. Everybody wins. So Cindy, please stay on the line. And we're going to go to Ruth. Ruth, you're on Kingdom Pursuits. Good morning. Hi. Hi. How are you? I am excited <laughs> to hear your answer that, that somebody was like an Indian that, 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 that was wearing many colored clothes, right? 
Joseph. You are, that is who I was thinking about, although there may be other people in the Bible, but, you know, it's interesting, don't you think, that yeah. Jacob, it was his, his favorite. All right, he was his favorite. Right. <laughs> You know, which has everything to do with grace to me. Like when somebody's your favorite, right? You want to dress them in colorful stuff, and that's what that's what happened. What does that What does that story speak to you, Ruth? Well, I don't really know. Except he did have to suffer for that, but then he was made king. But uh, it's just an unusual Bible story. I've been knowing the Bible since I was a little girl when I received the Lord when I was eight years old. And uh, I'm going to be uh, 79 years old tomorrow. Oh, congratulations. <laughs> and, you know, they wrote a whole book in the Bible about you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. My husband died uh, in 2020, and uh, unless the Lord sends a Boaz, I'm just going to see him in heaven. Oh, wow. That's beautiful. I love that, Ruth. I do. Well, I love your name. And, and what an amazing um, name your parents gave you um, and the faith that the Lord gave you. I, I love the joy that's in your voice. Praise God. I, I love the Lord. I, I love this station. I told my sister today about this station, and uh, I came across it during COVID one night when I was by myself. And... Uh, in my kitchen, and they were talking about the, well, the injections, and I already knew in my spirit that they were not going to be for me. And so, <clears throat> you know, the Lord, he gives us a lot of truth. <laughs> that, that, you're exactly, that's exactly what he gives us. That's, that's his He gives deal. us all truth. And I'm so glad that you, that you, and it's interestingly, the Truth Network in its own way, we're Bible smugglers, right? That hopefully yeah. we share some God's word out there for, for people to catch in on. Well, thank you for calling in today, Ruth. I'm so grateful for your listening and for your finding us. So where, where well, do you... What is, what is actually, I have an old radio in my kitchen and an old radio in my bedroom. What is the number of this station? Which city are you listening in? Richmond, Virginia. Ah, it's AM 820. Oh, it's AM. Oh, actually, I have to do is turn around and look at the sign behind me. Ah, AM 590 and 97.7 FM. AM 97.7. We want you to get tuned in correctly. 97.7 is the truth in Richmond. So thank you, Richmond. Gotcha. Well, thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you. Keep listening. Right. God bless. Have a good day. You bye too. Bye bye. bye. All right, we got Cindy. Hopefully, is still with us. Cindy, you're on King. Good morning. Good morning. <laughs> How are you? Well, she already guessed the answer. Well, that was one answer. She didn't have your answer. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, Joseph. <laughs> Right, I'm, I'm, I'm guessing you're saying that he is the seventh of the eighth brothers, right? <laughs> Did you ever think yeah. about that? <laughs> you know, he was a lucky number seven. Just saying. Yeah. No, there were 12 brothers, so he was 11. I was wrong. I'm sorry, my mind went to mush there for a minute. But you, you were right when saying that he was the 11th of 12 brothers, right? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, 
what does that story speak to you, Cindy? Um, well, it seems like it was prof- it was a prophecy, his prophecy, that what his brothers meant where they left him for dead, um, God meant it for good, where he saved, oh, wow. as far as I'm concerned, Israel. Um, that's my uh, perception of that story. And, and I bet you, Cindy, it's, it's my life is so many ways like that, right? What Satan meant for evil in my life, God used for tremendous good, right? Like, I can't even believe how cool that is. But I got to know, because my oldest sister's name is Cindy. (laughs) Um, Actually, Cynthia. And Cindy, short for Cynthia. Are you a Cynthia or are you a Cindy? Uh, Cynthia, yeah. Aha! And so, I'm curious to know, how do you spell your name? Cynthia? No, Cindy. C-I-N-D-Y, that to me, that's the traditional way. Yeah, you're right. Now, my sister is untraditional in so many ways. <laughs> but of course, she spells it C-I-N-D-I, which, of course, she had to fight every teacher in school for years to keep that that way. But nonetheless, uh, I love the name, and as soon as I saw it, I couldn't help but um, think that was wonderful. And I'm so grateful for you listening. Where are you listening from? I'm Actually calling from Richmond also. Really? Oh, we're <laughs> on loud and clear today. Are you listening on uh, AM 590 or 97.7? 97.7. Oh, a little bit of heaven on 97.7. <laughs> yes, and I have to tell you that you hooked me on your program when I heard you play the song On the Street Where You Live because that is how I feel Jesus feels about us, that... He's on the street where we live, you know, he's at our front door. Oh, you know, I'd love that. Oh, man, you bring back so many memories, Cindy, when you say that, because that (laughs) song spoke to my heart. It it, it really is um, the Song of Solomon. You know, yes. where he says, and that's I, what it reminded me of. Yes. Uh, yeah, the, I, don't, I don't remember if you mentioned that on the program, but yes. Yeah, in the second chapter. And now chapter, I'm really fascinated with the Song of Solomon. Yeah. Because I understand that's the song, song that there's many more besides that one. Oh, yeah, it's just beautiful. Because <laughs> in the second chapter, it says, you know, my beloved is unto me as a young roe or a young heart. He gazes through the window, he peers through the lattice glistening. In other words, he was on the street where she lived and he was essentially stalking her. And and what that did for my heart when I realized Jesus was stalking me, which is true. Like he's on the street where you live, man, and he is trying to get a look just like I used to, I was I was referring that, that song to I had a crush on a girl by the name of Susan Siemens. And I would go down to the street where she lived just to hope that she'd come out the front door so I could get a look at it. I was too nervous to talk to her, but, you know, too too shy. But, man, if I could just see her, it just made my heart leap. And to think that Jesus feels that way about us, like, man, right. it's so beautiful. I'm so glad you, you that made my day that you reminded me of that, Cindy. Thank you. Thank you very much. Have a great day. And, of course, oh, I got to know because we got to send you some stuff. What kind of books do you like? Um, Christian books. We have those. <laughs> do you like Christian fiction, nonfiction? Do you like stuff about prophecy? Nonfiction. Nonfiction. Lewis oh, or, uh, okay. Stuff like that. Okay, um, you got it coming. 
We have okay, a whole great. library. All right. We're going to send you some books. <laughs> Thank you. Love it. Thank you, Cindy. God bless. Love God you. bless you. Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye. All right. Wow, that was fun. Sorry, I was just had to reminisce and she brought up that song. I just got to think about it. But anyway, so you got to smuggle Bibles into the, oh man, we just got into the Bible smuggling thing, into your your friends that you were trying to con- help her to plan the church without her husband? Yeah, we smuggled it. I smuggled in nine Bibles, which was insane. We got to hide them and it was it was crazy. It was so dangerous to be there. But, but she can plan a church with nine Bibles. She's yeah. got plenty of seeds. <laughs> 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 wow, well, that was amazing. So we're going to find out what would happen if they'd found those Bibles and all that when we come back. You're listening to The Truth Network and truthnetwork.com. Welcome back to Kingdom Pursuits, where we hear how God takes your passion and uses it to build the kingdom. And oh my goodness, do we have someone who has some passion. <laughs> we have Sarah, who has got this heart for India missions. I hope you're encouraged to hearing her story. But oh my goodness, you were smuggling Bibles, and then you were stuck in this village for a while because there were tribes that were warring with them and there were people out there with bows and arrows and spears? Yeah, we, there was a couple times where um, things were not going so well because the lady I was trying to train only had a third grade education and um, obviously there's a language barrier and it was just a real struggle and so um, uh, my tr- my translator Didi and I decided we needed to leave for a couple of days to go fast and pray and just get away for a couple of days just to um, pray for more opportunities to be able to train her. It was getting really challenging. The husband that we were staying with was so hostile. Um, he would come all the time, and we'd have to we'd have a Bible out trying to teach her things from the Word, and we'd have to like throw clothes on it, cover it up. We even had to, I was trying to teach her how to share her testimony and share the gospel. And so we'd have to sneak out at night to different villages through by moonlight. We would be sneaking through the jungle, through rice fields to different villages to go share the gospel. Um, and, and that wasn't just all that safe in that part of India, right? Because <laughs> there were all kinds of animals yep. and all kinds of tribes that are warring and people with spears. And so did you actually see any of these people? with? I were- didn't, but they, we got a call. I was, we were going to leave uh, to go away for a couple of days to fast and pray. And um, we got a call like, you can't leave. Um, there's all these tribals that are like rioting um, against the government with bow and arrows and spears. And they've blocked off all the roads and you're stuck. And we don't know how long you'll be stuck. And that happened twice while I was there in the three weeks. So that was a little <laughs> concerning. But, you know, it's so cool. It's like, wow, a new way to honor God and worship him with my body of like, wow, like I trust him so much. OK, I'm stuck here. What is he going to do with it? And he's going to take care of me and protect me. And so many times he protected me from wild and all these crazy things. Like one time I was um, in we were going doing treat, teaching people how to plant churches with illiterate groups, people who cannot um, read. And we were teaching them how to share to their congregations, how to store, the, hide the word in their hearts. And um, we were coming back and it was getting, it was dusk. We stayed a little bit too long. And the little Toto thing that we were driving, was actually not a Toto, but it, it broke down basically. And we were stuck in this rice field. It was dusk. And all of a sudden out of nowhere, this giant bull appears. And this bull has these huge horns. And I live on a cow farm. And so I know... What, uh, I know how to read these animals and I know when they're about to charge. And this bull was angry and he was about to charge someone. He was like pawing and snuffing the ground and putting his head back and forth and just going crazy. And I was 
So this is the only time I was really afraid in India. And so I run behind this little Toto that had broken down. We're stuck here. And this bull is about to charge. And I say, in the name of Jesus Christ, go away. (laughs) And this bull that is pawing the ground about to charge picks up his head, turns to the left and just walks away. Just like that. The name of Jesus has so much power and it's crazy. And I've seen it work. And yeah, it's just, it's wonderful. And so you said you had an opportunity to baptize people there. Yeah. Tell us about that experience. So the village I was staying in, um, the the mom uh, of the of the family I was living with was a Christian. She had three daughters and her husband, and she was the only believer in her family. And there were two other believers in this village, but they were not really practicing. Um, but they were still Christians technically. Um, and so I got to share with her daughters. And uh, while I was there, the first week, the youngest daughter gave her life to Christ. She's 14 years old and um, I, I got to baptize her. It took us three days to figure out how to do it safely so the dad wouldn't know and no one else in the village would know um, because she would- Where did you baptize her? her? I um, mean, aren't there like crocodiles? And stuff yeah, like I mean, there are a lot of, cro- yeah, crocodiles are a big problem, but um, we just found this like little pond and we, we got to baptize her and that was amazing. And then the crazy thing is also that two other, the uh, oldest daughter gave her life to Christ also four hours before I left. Um, I shared the gospel with her multiple times while I was there. And finally I shared the gospel using parables about rice on Google translate. So anything is possible. (laughs) (laughs) And she accepted the Lord and became a believer. And, um, the husband's sister also became a believer while I was there. So in the three weeks, the population of believers doubled from three to six. Like, isn't that crazy? The Holy spirit can just work like that. Um, it was just insane. It was amazing, but and so your translator, that is, she obviously became like, wow, really close to you guys, you know, yeah. stuck in this village and whatever. And she's still there? She is still there. Yeah, she's a local and she's she's a missionary there. And she's um, going to be hopefully working for the rest of her life, trying to reach her own people. Oh, wow. She's, she's awesome. I mean, she she's my translator, but she's more of like a, she's two thirds of the team. <laughs> um, yeah. <clears throat> and so... You, you tell us what your plans are from here. What what do you think God has for Sarah next? Yeah, I have three semesters left at school. So I'm going to go back. Um, I've got about, yeah, three semesters left. And then I want to be a full-time church planter in South Asia or the Middle East afterwards. I want to be in dangerous places doing underground church planting and just loving people. I have a real heart for Muslims. And so I really, I really want to um, be in an Islamic country. But uh, we'll see. God has changed every single one of my plans. I'm expecting him to change this one. Um, yeah. And, and so there's a wonderful book I want you to get. It's called God Smuggler. Yeah, I've God read that Smuggler. one. It's an awesome book. Uh, yeah, it is. And so as you were, you had these Bibles, obviously in this boat, and while we got to go with based on that music, what would have happened if they'd found them? Um, get kicked out of the village. The the wife would have been kicked out probably of her home. So, but the Lord provides. He does. He does. God smuggler. So man, what opportunity you have to see how God takes your passion, right? And you can hear it. And we're so grateful for, for you, Haley. And we're so grateful for everyone listening, right? That that, that everybody that God has put on the truth network, we're so grateful for you. And now you get to hear a whole lot more truth, encouraging prayer coming right up with James Banks, followed by the masculine journey in the Winston-Salem area. And of course, Nikita Koloff is going to man up at 1230. This is the Truth Network.